Hi, I'm Gail from Europod. Before enjoying your podcast, allow me to say a few words about Europe Talks Back. In the third season of Europe Talks Back, I want to uncover the topics that matter or should matter to all of us. From gender to bodies and sex, digital to migration and urban landscapes, and everything in between. Rather than focusing on macro-level policies, let's zoom in and talk to the brave activists and volunteers with lived experience, who are working directly with marginalized communities to further equity, justice, and liberation for all. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com/switch. $45 up front for 3 months plus taxes and fees. Promo rate for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. It's Saturday, 13 November 2021. It's a lazy day. The Greek journalist Stravos Malihoudis makes a cup of coffee while he scrolls on social media and reads the news. When he passes on the front page of the Greek journal Ephemerida Ton Signanton, he rolls his eyes with surprise. The Greek National Intelligence Service, the NIS, is phone-tapping a journalist. Some conversations that took place within NIS are published in an article as a transcript. As such, Malihudis reads them. He discovers that agents of the NIS are investigating a journalist who has been looking for a 12-year-old Syrian refugee boy called Jamal. Jamal had one and only dream, to escape from the prison-like refugee camps and life freely. The child made a drawing to show his dream to the world, and his artwork appeared on the cover of the French newspaper Le Monde. The Greek reporter and the civilians of the NIS was looking for that refugee boy to write his story. The name of the journalist is crossed out in black on the transcripts, Yet, Stravos Malihudis has strong suspicion about who the journalist could be. Quickly, Malihudis calls his colleagues to check if they have been involved in Jamal's case. No one of them has, they confirm. Except for himself. The latest doubt vanishes. The NIS is watching him. This is 108, a podcast series inquiring the fall of press freedom in Greece. Episode 2, Spying on Journalists, Chris von Hacking Scandal. 
In November 2021, there was a front-page story in Ephemeridat on Syntacton, which published several internal messages from the NES. There were conversations between the National Intelligence Service in Athens and other offices elsewhere in Greece. In the transcript, the executives were asking colleagues information about other people. So, in the conversation about me, which the newspaper published after removing my personal data, they said Stavros Malichoudis, a journalist for Solomon, is looking for a 12-year-old boy, Jamal, a refugee from Syria, who is in the camp on Kos, in the close camp. We have just listened to how Stravos Malihoudis remembers that Saturday, 13 November 2021. Very soon, the Greek journalist realized things were much more serious than he could imagine. What is problematic about this whole thing is that the NES agents are asking for information that serves for journalistic purposes. This is related to our reporting work. It's not referring to some national security threat or to some, I don't know, some operation to hijack the constitution or as if I were in contact with traffickers or Turkish agents. It doesn't refer to anything like that. It clearly refers to what is in the report that is going to be published, they knew what I was working on. So the surveillance of Malihudis was not related to the protection of national security and the fight against organized crime, but to a journalistic investigation. However, the case did not fall under the spotlight of Greek media outlets at that time. Actually, it could have been forgotten if, if a few months later, another mayor von Tappin's scandal had not broken out. Thanasis, are you aware of this issue? Reads the message that let Greek journalist Thanasis Koukakis' smartphone vibrate on the 12th of July, 2021. The investigative reporter who covers financial scandals in Greece does not hesitate before opening the link sent by an unknown number. He immediately clicks on it as most of us could do out of curiosity. And so, at that very moment, a predator spy software hacks into his mobile phone. So, what are the consequences of that? Take a moment to think about how many hours a day you spend on your phone. How many personal photos do you have on it? Private messages with your friends, your boyfriend or your girlfriend. All the searches you do in browsers such as Google, in the intimacy you feel when you're alone. What about all the business calls where you exchange confidential information? Or, more simply, the videos you send to your colleagues? Are you picturing yourself right now? Now, imagine that someone accesses all this information without your will and watches your phone for 24 hours a day, intercepting everything, even your messenger and Instagram accounts. Add to this the capacity of that spyware to save all the information it captures, taking the screenshots. In fact, it is not only about monitoring your conversations, but also about its attachments. It is almost as a kidnapping of all the functions of your mobile phone. 
This is what the malicious spy software predator developed by Intellexa does. And this is what happened to the Greek journalist Kukakis. Actually, maybe you don't like to know it, but somebody knows exactly where you are all the time. Because each of our devices just says, hey, I'm here every, I think, 15 minutes. The voice you have just listened to belongs to Tal Dillian, the CEO of Intellexa, interviewed by Forbes. According to him, Intellexa is a company that helps states fighting crime in the digital dimension and which enhances the state's power to investigate pedophiles, organized terror groups, human traffickers, or financial frauds. Yet, this did not seem to be the case for Kukakis, the Greek journalist who clicked on the Predator link. But let's go back to his story. Listen how Kukakis explained to us the very moment he discovered something was utterly wrong. I recall ending up under surveillance twice in different ways. In the summer of 2020, in a conventional way through the NIS, and in the summer of 2021 through the Predator spyware software. In the summer of 2020, my mobile phone device started to misbehave. How? By the time I arrived at 12 p.m., the phone ran out of battery, while it had charged all night. And the strangest thing of all was that when I called someone, there was no ringing going on. It went straight to the connect with whomever I was calling. I took my phone to the iPhone service twice. They changed the battery, but I still had the same problem. After three weeks, I became suspicious. I reached out to one of my sources, asking them to simply tell me if, to the extent that they could tell, I was phone tapped. After two weeks, they did indeed come and tell me, guess what, they have you under surveillance. I did not believe them. I said, could you please bring me something concrete? And as we were in the first 10 days of August, well, that person actually showed me a picture of a transcript of a conversation I had. Mainly it was two phone conversations, one after the other, which I had in early June outside my daughter's school. There was even that comment in the transcript that said, you can hear unintelligible children's voices. Kukakis was under surveillance without any evidence linking him to any crime or national offense. And the same thing happened to Marihudis. One more time, all signs seem to point out he was hacked for his investigative journalism. Crucially, Kukakis had been working on financial stories of quite some relevance. He argues that he was stabbed because of a story that was published also in the Financial Times. For that story, Kukakis says, the Greek government sent a letter of protest addressing the famous British newspaper. Just for Kukakis' reporting. Together with Karen Hope, the then Financial Times correspondent in Athens, I'm talking about a period of time from early 2020 to 2021, we were basically investigating the way the Greek government was legislating and, in doing so, making financial crime more likely to happen. So, what legislative initiatives am I talking about here? First and foremost, we are talking about the legislative initiative concerning the amendment of the criminal code that happened in November 2019, with retroactive effect. So, what 
did the government do exactly? Well, it said the Greek prosecutors can no longer prosecute Greek bankers for the felony of disloyalty, even if they're found to have their hands in the till. So, as a result, the only way to prosecute is now to have a complaint and approval of the bank itself as to proceed against the banker. So this was one of the issues that we were looking at because the very important thing is under this provision, all the banking scandals that the Greek prosecutors and the judicial authorities, that is, there had been cases in the offices of the prosecutors, but also in the courtrooms for a very long time, well, they were dismissed. When the journalist Kokakis discovered that, apart from the Predata software, he was also being front tab by the NAS, he decided to make use of a right that all Greek citizens have had for 27 years. He asked the competent authority for the protection of privacy of communications to find out why he had been under surveillance. Let's pause here for a minute. You need to know that the Greek constitution guarantees the right to confidentiality of communications. It may be lifted only exceptionally, for reasons of national security or for particularly serious crimes. So Kukakis wanted to know what he had done to have his mobile phone spy on his personal life and his work. However, he did not make it because something happened, something strange. On March 31, 2021, the Mitsotakis government amends the law of the Communications Privacy Authority. That law had been in force for 27 years and allowed the authority, when a surveillance had been completed and after a request was filed by the person concerned by the work of the authority, to notify that person, saying, You know, at some point you were being monitored for national security reasons. The Mitsotakis government amended that law. Why? Well, because at that time, as the investigative network Reporters United revealed, the request that I had made to the authority to disclose whether I was under surveillance and for what reasons was already in progress. So why am I saying this? Because here we are talking about an abuse of power. For a government to come in and legislate ad hoc so that a journalist, a citizen, doesn't know what they could have known for 27 years is an abuse of power. And this is exactly why I and my lawyer, Zakarias Kassis, on July 28th this year, appealed to the European Court of Human Rights. The file has been opened and we will soon have a hearing. Most probably, this second case of surveillance of a journalist could have remained in the background since the Greek mainstream media, unlike the international ones, were almost forced to silence the surveillance of their colleagues. The mainstream media is in a situation which is distressing, because if there are people who want to do journalism, the media owners are basically doing politics and not doing journalism. And when there is an osmosis between journalism and politics, what is produced is a cover-up. The government's line is followed at large. Keep it silent. It's problematic. 
But on the other hand, there are people who are resisting. That is, there are journalists who are resisting. Two of the journalists who really work on the story of Greek journalists being tabbed, they dedicate themselves for months to the investigation, producing back-to-back exclusive reports, are Elisa Triatafilou and Tassos Telugru from the website Inside Story. This is Elisa Triatafilou speaking. No one, not even the Sunday press, nor the TV channels, not the radios, were dealing with the case. This case, it seemed as if it did not exist. Even for us who were trying to take it further and keep the issue in the news, somewhere around July we started to get frustrated, because we saw that there was no support from media that have a much wider reach and impact than us. So the issue disappeared from the public debate. Yet, at certain point, overnight, the whole issue became a huge scandal and started to make the headlines. Why so? Because it was revealed that political figures were being wiretapped. More specifically, it turned out that Nikos Andrulakis, the leader of the third largest party in the country, the socialist party PASOK, alarmed by the Kukakis case, searched his mobile phone and discovered that he was also the target of surveillance. This is journalist Tassos Teloglu speaking. The problem is that Andrulakis actually brought the case to a national audience. It wasn't the press that found the national audience. Andrulakis led us to target the national audience. As we were wrapping up this podcast, Teloglu, who you just heard, alleged that he was the victim of digital as well as physical surveillance because of his wiretapping reporting. Nothing could better confirm this very stranglehold against journalism that doesn't submit to public relations. The first incident that came to our attention was when we met with Tsanassis Koukakis in a cafe in Neopsychiko, a northern suburb of Athens. There was a photographer sitting across from us on a fence and he was taking pictures of us. We could not be entirely sure, though, until they sent me the photos and it turned out that our suspicions were true. Another development in the case is that in November 2022, the newspaper Documento started publishing dozens of names of politicians, journalists and editors being monitored. Actually, the names keep growing and are published in journalistic reports every week. At this point, of course, we should mention that Greece is a country which, in 2021, alone counted 15,475 prosecutors' orders for the revocation of privacy, meaning 15,475 signatures of prosecutors to execute lawful wiretapping by the NAS for security reasons. Some of the later target journalists from the most famous newspapers. Even if the above-mentioned ambushes are confirmed, we do not know if we will ever know the exact motives. But we can reasonably assume that not all of these cases are related to national security or organized crime, because in that case, some incriminated evidence would certainly have emerged. 
But back to our story. The monitoring of the leader of the socialist PASOK party, Androulakis, made things seem more critical. Was the leader of PASOK an enemy of national security or a suspect of criminal offenses? Or did some people want to know who he was talking to, what he was saying, and what his weaknesses were? In any case, citizens, activists, students, and trade unions reacted with a protest in the center of Athens. It was time for someone to take responsibility for what happened. The voice you are hearing in the background is the one of the Greek Prime Minister Mitsotakis, who had just admitted the error of the NIS, which is under his control. In the same speech, he promised changes to better control the agency. No mention was made, however, of the surveillance of journalists who were victims of surveillance because of their reporting. Three days before the speech, the commander of the National Intelligence Service, Panagiotis Kondoleon, and the Prime Minister's Secretary General, Grigoris Dimitriadis, who happens to be the nephew of the Prime Minister, had resigned. According to a report by the investigative group Reporters United, Dimitriadis' name is linked to the companies that sell the illegal predator software, with which, we remind you, the journalist Kukakis and the politician Androlakis were monitored. According to journalistic reports, these companies could have supplied the Greek state with a bagging system. However, the government, it should be said, has so far denied that it has ever used the Predator software. Although journalistic investigations published in various Greek media come to question that, But both the common targets and the chronological sequence between NAS and predator civilians raise serious concerns. In any case, after all these dense developments, a new surveillance law was passed by the parliament in December 2022. Although the new law does not change the lack of transparency in the status of thousands of legal phone tappings. The NIS can still vaguely invoke national security without further evidence to breach a citizen's right to the confidentiality of communications. And prosecutors have only 24 hours to approve or deny that request by the NIS. It is only for politicians that specific evidence is needed in order to justify the breach of the right to the confidentiality of communications. With the new law, for Greek citizens to be informed If they have been the target of surveillance, three years must pass from the end of the surveillance and the competent committee must also give the green light for that. So, in reality, it remains almost impossible to ever acquire this knowledge. And finally, the law leaves loopholes for the state to illegally obtain predator-type software. All these despite official announcements by the Prime Minister himself on Bloomberg TV that Greece will be the first European country to ban all malicious surveillance software. In the build-up of this podcast, we tried, of course, to interview the responsible ministers themselves, but 
some of them did not respond to our request at all. While another said, and we quote, that their working is keeping him busy and has many meetings. Probably this won't allow him to participate. Now, we've all been following the reporting on Greece over the past summer, uh, and this is the, the reason why we decided to have this meeting here today. And the key task of our committee is, of course, to investigate the use of Pegasus or equivalent spyware in the member states in breach of EU legislation or the treaties. In September 2022, the scandal and the phone-tapping cases reached the European Parliament. The journalist victims of surveillance were invited to speak. Thank you, Chairman. Uh, members of the They are Stravos Malihudis, Thanasis Koukakis, and Elisa Triantafilou. You have heard from all of them in this episode. At last, an institution saw and gave space to the truth. This spyware used against the journalists was done to check their sources, the reports they could produce, and control the image of the government in the Greek media. This was an attack on press freedom that should not be varied. But how did Malihudis and Kukaki's lives change after all that happened to them? Imagine now having access to my cell phone camera when my child is next to me. Well, it's certainly too uncomfortable. To a large extent, you feel like you have had your house broken into a rape in large part. So it's scary that I could expose someone who talked to me because he trusted me and I might have exposed them even without knowing. It's scary. And then it affected me tremendously in my reporting. How can I now approach new people and new sources? There are people who consider and associate negative developments in their careers in the last two years with the fact that they have been active interlocutors with me and have expressed such concerns to me. This is the aim of wiretapping. They want to see if what you're investigating is serious who your interlocutors are, if they have power, if they can have an influence, if they can change the flow of your investigation, changing the name of people involved, influencing your sources, warning them. The journalistic function must be unaffected, and our duty as journalists is certainly more important than the one of any government that is in power today or will be tomorrow, or was in the past. No, I don't feel like a traitor, because I grew up in this country, and I went to school in this country, and my friends and family live in this country. And I don't allow them, whoever they are, to say that I'm a threat to this country I live in. I don't accept that. The people we talked to in this episode are journalists, who discovered that they were being monitored by the National Intelligence Agency in Greece, exactly because they are journalists. This follows from what they told us, and from the fact that they have not been prosecuted for any legal act, that they were being monitored for reasons related to their own research work. This needs attention. 
the constitutional right to confidentiality of communications applies to all citizens, not just journalists. But when someone is investigating banking scandals, which include the financing of political parties, and their research is monitored, that is, who they talk to, who their sources are, whether their research is serious and threatening, and so on, well, we understand that protecting this journalistic work is essential if we want to have society where power is allowed to be judged. Right now, investigative journalism is proven to be watched for what it is. Not for random external reasons, but right because it is investigative journalism. So, what other country has, let's say, two proven cases of surveillance of journalists and one of murder? This was again journalist Strabos Malihudis and the last extract of the interview we run with him. You might have noticed, he did not just mention cases of surveillance, but also murder. The obstacles we discussed today will not stop Greek journalists from continuing their work. But there is one obstacle that is invincible. Death. In the next episode, we will tell you the story of the unsolved murder of a Greek journalist in broad daily light in Athens. His name was Giorgio Caribas. You have just listened to the second episode of 108, The Fall of Press Freedom in Greece. The original language of the scripts of this podcast series is Greek. The authors of the scripts in Greek and of the interviews on the ground are Jenny Tsiropoulou and Konstantinos Poulis. Episodes in English language are narrated by Maria Dios and Alexander Damiano Ricci. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Do you want to hear more podcasts that get to the bottom of things that stand out in the ambient noise? Join Europod. Subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and our newsletter. Follow us on LinkedIn, Twitter, and Instagram. Discover our brand new website at www.europod.eu and join us in our fight. Europod. Clear the noise. Start to listen.